Latinos Out Loud podcast. All right, you guys, it is that time here on Latinos Out Loud where we interview someone amazing. Amazing. Amazing? Amazing. Okay, this is her amazing. Her amazing. Oh yes, her amazing. It's still Women's <laughs> yeah. History Month. Yes. Yeah. Why are you so good at this? <laughs> uh, we, uh, you guys, we need a man to punch up our puns. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, well, that's Jamie for you. Please, people, uh, put your hands together for actress and writer Sheila Carrasco. Hey, Ooh. thank you guys so much for having me. Welcome and. And thank you for accepting this challenge. Uh, it's so <laughs> good to have you here. Oh my God, it's so nice, guys, isn't it? Yep, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, Sheila, where are you? Where are you from? In the where are you in the Ooh, world good right question. now? Question. I'm in Santa Monica, um, uh, or as I like to call it, Santa Monica. Ooh, <laughs> so my little affluent with the accent. Uh, yeah, so it's beautiful here. I can't really complain too much. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I wish I was in Hawaii like everybody else. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm in Santa Monica in LA. It's a good thing you're not in Miami Beach because I don't know if you saw the news recently, but they be, they're bugging out in Miami Beach right now. I, oh yeah, I saw that. They, yeah, don't go to Miami. Um, <laughs> Wait, what's going but, on in Miami? I haven't watched television in like six days. Oh, it's just packed. It's a bunch Spring of people break. just bugging oh, out. Oh, don't tell me. Breaking out on the beach, you but know. But they're so like, tan. They're they are so, so tan. <laughs> It's, but then, you know, like the black and blues on their face when the fighting it overshadows yeah, the true. tan. <laughs> oh. um, and how have you been? So you know, you've been kind of, uh, you've been in. Have you been cooped up a lot during this time, this past year? Um, how have you been dealing with, you know, being an entertainer and having to not, uh, you know, have the opportunity to actually entertain and perform? Um, not well. <laughs> no, I, I've been doing okay. Um, it's just hard to be an entertainer and not have a live audience. You know, you start to go a little, uh, a little crazy in that way. Cause you kind of have like the feeling like, oh, I just wish I could do a show this weekend or something. But, um, but in general, I've been doing all right. I've been a little bit, uh, probably overly cautious and overly paranoid, uh, this past year, I definitely started out that way at the start of the pandemic. I was like cleaning my groceries. I was doing all of that. And then the last, like, I'd say the last six months, I've been pretty laid back about it. I can't believe I'm even saying those words right now that it's been that long, <laughs> but I'm like, wow. the last six months has just flown by. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing all right. And you know, um, I've been trying to stay artistically busy. So even though I can't perform live, you know, and, and get the, the validation from that. And then also the inspiration and creative energy you get from a live audience laughing and being with you. Um, I've found other ways to kind of, uh, have an outlet, which has been really helpful. And I mean, mm. Sheila, you've done some outstanding work on shows like The Good Place, Jane the Virgin. You're part of the CBS mm. showcase. There's so much to talk about. Um, wow. But so how are things right now? What's the state of the industry right now in out there in California? Well, there's been a lot of things shooting in the last year. It definitely slowed down. Um, I think just adding 
COVID protocols alone has added a huge, like 30% to shows budgets. So because of that, there's just been fewer shows to be on. Um, but things have been getting made. You know, there's a lot of shows that kind of never stopped uh, or they'll stop for like two weeks once they get, you know, uh, once, once somebody tests positive for COVID, <laughs> like that's a normal thing now oh and they just gosh. stop production and then they all get tested again and then they just go back to work like nothing happened. Um, but it's actually, it's really been picking up again in the last month. And I'm so excited about that because I think, nice. I think like a month from now, it'll feel like everything's back to normal. A month from yep. now, you'll see like the big lines near the craft service table during lunch again, you know? Exactly. Everybody will be like, yo, look, I, I gotta get it. I gotta you know, get it. I miss seeing what I'm gonna eat first. You know, I miss seeing it in front of me. I miss touching every little thing to make sure I get the best donut. I just want that again. Yeah, no more like communal snack stuff from Trader Joe's. Like now we cannot all stick our hands. Oh, yes. And it's, and it's, it's so embarrassing too when you just, like you want, you know, fruit snacks or if you're a lady, you just want a tampon or something. Yes. Cause you have to like <laughs> say it loud to get it. You're like, let me get a uh, coffee with milk and sugar, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that. And everyone knows your business is so true. Oh, man. Uh, but I'm so grateful for the work, you know, so grateful to be on set when I can be. Yeah. And so now, okay, talk about pivoting. I know what it feels like. Jamie knows what it feels like, Frank, from doing the live podcast to not have that live audience there. We all, you know, it's like, it's something that if mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't going to have it, I probably would have put some in a bottle somewhere to snort at some wow. point. You know what I mean? Okay. You know? It's called cocaine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the feeling wow. of having a live audience. Yeah. But I'm yeah, correlating yeah, yeah. it to. But anyway, of course. Um, I just can't believe we're. But you talk about pivoting. You're now doing a theater run of a, a, a one woman show, correct? Virtually. Yes. You got to explain yes. that wow. to everybody. Yes. I'm still explaining it to myself. Um, <laughs> so this is good practice for me. So I, uh, I wrote a play, a one woman play that was commissioned by my theater company. I am a theater company and we workshopped it all through January. And then we shot it in a theater in an empty theater in February. And then wow. we took the last month to edit it together, sound mix, color correct. And just yesterday it opened and it will stream virtually until April 18th. So what that means is it's available. You buy a ticket like you would for any show. You go to the theater website and you buy it. But instead of selecting one night, you just select a specific week. So this week, next week, you know, the third week or the fourth week. And then you have any time within that week to watch the show uh, wow. at the, in the comfort of your own home. So wow. it's kind of great because, you know, you can feel like you're back at the theater if, if you have missed that or if you haven't missed it, um, then great because you don't have to go to one. <laughs> and you can just sit at home and enjoy. With, without a mask wow. on, which is so great. Without a mask. <laughs> right? Okay. Without a mask. I'm curious. I'm curious. So did you perform this show like like if, as if you actually were, you know, it was opening night or, you know, and you didn't have any, you know, you just did it straight through or did you yeah. did you have edits and cuts and or do you not want to tell me the secret? Oh, sauce no, I, I love talking. I love talking about it because um, it was it was such a weird experience. So, yeah, we we 
we set out to make it, um, to keep it as theater because we didn't want to change it too much. Uh, cause otherwise it would feel like we were making a short film, which we could kind of do any at any time. And so we really tried to make it feel like a play in that, um, I'm on a stage, there's lighting design, like there would be in a theater, there's sound design, set design and all of that. Um, but it's just shot with three cameras, like a multicam. Um, mm. but and so then we, we had a tech week for a week, like you normally would in the theater. You'd go in every day until opening night and then boom, the show's done. But then the same day we opened, which was the day we shot it, we closed and mm-hmm. <laughs> everything got packed up and we put the set <laughs> apart and everything. So that part of it was kind of crazy because, um, I don't know how many of you have done like a, a run of a show in a theater, but usually opening night is like it's really fun because you have this awesome audience there, but the show really gets good, you know, the farther into the run you get because you get more relaxed mm. with it and you have more fun or you just find out more about your character. So we kind of had to do that work ahead of time um, and just let it all, you know, go all out on the day of shooting. Wow. Sheila, how do you, in terms of being an actress, how do you replicate those feelings and getting that energy going when you don't have that audience there? How how does that work for you? Well, it's um. Don't say cocaine, like Rachel. Then, <laughs> then we're just putting out like just irresponsible advice. Spreading drug rumors about me. <laughs> false, false information. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, you know it, it was definitely a challenge because. It's not just, um, you know, a regular play without an audience. Additionally, it's a solo show. So uh, already it's a lot of work to be your own scene partner with every character. So, you know, I'm holding for moments where the other person I would be speaking to is asking me a question or responding and I'm imagining what they would be asking me so that then I can respond and be in the moment. And um, I had never done that for longer than a five minute set before, you know, like I had done characters live, like a five minute set you do somewhere in a comedy theater, but this was my first time doing one for a full hour. And I had seen other people do solo shows and I have so much respect for how much endurance and stamina it takes to just do that alone, to kind of stay in the moment and give so much energy. And then on top of that, to know that you're being filmed, um, is also a little tricky because you, you want to make sure you hit all your marks and you give it to this camera that you know is the close up, you know, but you've got a wide over here. And even though you shouldn't be thinking of all those things, somehow subconsciously you kind of are. So it also kind of pulls you out of the moment. Um, and then on top of that, no actual laughter to build upon. So, um, it was, it was definitely a real mental challenge that I learned a lot from. And I I have to say, like, I don't know if I want to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) you know being totally honest like I learned you know I I feel like I got through it but there's just nothing like performing for an actual audience and I'm unless it's something that's actually meant to be filmed like give me that theater give me that audience um and I guess I don't really have an answer to your question like I don't really know how it all just happened it just did um and you just kind of constantly have to be checking yourself to be like, no, nope, make sure you're acting, make sure you're listening, make sure you're there and building on a laugh that would be there, you know? Wow. Yeah, so can we hear more about the content of Anyone But Me? Could you tell us what it's about? Of course. So it's, it's basically, it's a character-driven solo show 
in the vein or inspired by some of my favorite solo show performers, uh, which are Sarah Jones, uh, Lily Tomlin, uh, actresses that play characters, but they're kind of strung together. So they're not like telling a linear story, but it's more like a, a gallery, you know, of, of different women. So I, I started out with that in mind. And um, when the theater company first came to me about creating a show, I was like, okay, well, great. So I do a lot of sketch comedy. I'm just going to do my best characters and I'll put them all together. And they don't have to have anything to do with me. And I'll just do that. And then I thought like, why is that my default? You know, like, why is my default to go, yeah, I'll just wear like a lot of wigs. Cause by the way, I own like 46 wigs out back <laughs> yeah. in my backyard. <laughs> I'm a wig junkie. Yes, yeah. I love it. And I can't wait to get back to it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, it, you know, it's, it's so fun to do that. But also, you know, when you're doing theater, People are coming expecting there to be a theme and a message, and especially a solo show. It, sh it should be personal. So I kind of was like, let me start with there. Let me unpack that. And so I started thinking about my own journey with self-identity, with who I think I need to be for certain people at certain times in my life, either to impress someone or to, you know, you know, get by or something. And, and why it is that I kind of feel like a chameleon sometimes. Mm. And who am I really on the inside? Do I even know? So, um, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, oh, I've had yeah. these conversations with women, especially. And um, so I, I decided to write characters that all had something to do with that theme. And it, I ended up finding that a lot of the characters are actually pretty personal to me, either people I knew or parts about me that I didn't like that I wanted to explore or things that had happened to me. And I ended up kind of finding more of a like personal, vulnerable one woman show. So my show is kind of like it is a comedy, but there is a lot of things about my life that I'm also exploring. And um, and hopefully people can relate to it. Mm. I cannot wait to see this show and Ana La Madrid's show as well. You guys yeah. are killing it. It's so amazing. Um, I want to just talk a little bit about, you mentioned sketch comedy and being a female, being a Latina in this space. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, as one myself, I know that sometimes it could be hard to navigate in a world that's pretty dominated by white men. Um, and I just mm -hmm. want to get your take on that. Like, what has been your experience going through UCB, the CBS showcase, like all the sketch comedy training and, um, you know, wonderful things that you've done in this space? Yeah, well, thank you for asking that. Um, I've had a, an interesting journey with it in terms of how I identify um, because I am half white. So for me, uh, it's been a journey of like, I'm trying to think about I'm still working on it basically like yeah, it's boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's deep, get into deep. it um, deep. yeah <laughs> you know I, I'm, I'm I'm really like exploring even the language really of how I want to talk about this because I am Latina I am my father's daughter um my dad is Chilean and um he came Chile. Um, from Chile are you from Chile no, I'm not, but I I, 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 I know the culture. My, one of my best friends is called from Chile. He needs to chill out. <laughs> I need to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie. Oh, like, I appreciated that. <laughs> there, and I took it. Honey, I can't think. Oh, well, you know, 
it's uh so okay where was i so i was gonna keep going with the puns and then i was like all right you can do let's that. get back to the question <laughs> never stops and there goes the interview you know but yeah no right but we had a good time interview. but this, yeah this is good well, so yeah, my dad is from Chile. He's from the south. He's from a rural area called Araucaria, and it's it's largely Mapuche indigenous. And I I always specify that because Chile is an interesting country. There's um, especially if like you are only familiar with Santiago, um, the people there lar- mostly identify as white, and a lot of people don't even know that most Chileans are uh, castizo, which is a mix of um, indigenous and Spanish or yep. or just indigenous and so yeah so my dad is from there but my mom is super white 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 and she's from georgia and they met in chile in the 70s and fled the overthrow and came to this country and they had me and my me and my siblings wow. and so they have an amazing story and um they didn't always have it easy you know being a uh an interracial marriage and my dad he worked as a janitor and really worked hard and and so did my mom to give us the things and so I really identify a lot with uh being a child of an immigrant and also being a part of the Latino community in Chicago where I grew up um Mm. but I also benefit greatly from white privilege uh because you know if you look at me on the street most people think I might be Italian or something Mm. and so uh Especially in Hollywood, there's a little bit lately in the last five years, there's definitely a trend of, I think, white passing uh, diverse people kind of um, being um, umbrellaed, you know, in this monolith of people of color. And so um, I'm not I don't yet know exactly, you know, it's a gray area of when to kind of benefit from, you know, saying I'm technically a diversity hire in this writer's room when at the end of the day, if they need diversity in a writer's room, they probably shouldn't be asking me, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just this, this, uh, it's just a conversation that I want to have more now. And so, uh, in terms of like centering BIPOC artists and voices and everything, I want to do what I can to do that. And at the same time, still identify as Latina and also be accountable as a white woman in this country. So to me, my identity is very nuanced and um, I'm trying to stand more in that nuance and just say, I am Latina, I'm also white, I'm also Chilean Mapuche, and um, you know, I'm all those things, do what you will with it. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. But Sheila, you do realize you are like a microcosm of the future of this country, right? I've been Mm. having the same conversation. I know we just met, but I'm also biracial. My dad is Russian Jew and my mom is from the Dominican Republic. Rachel, I was going to say that. I was going to tell her that. I My know God. because I'm, I'm really connecting and <laughs> taking everything you're saying because I have those those sentiments. You know, when we have mm-hmm. this conversation, I often enter a gray area too because look at... I. I am also white. The The color of my skin is white. Well, you're using a very light filter, too. I am. So, I, yeah. I, I do have my light on, too. I do have my light on, too, as you'll see. Uh, I like to be well lit. But, you know, I 1,000% identify as Latina. Like, I'm Latina, bitches. Hear me roar. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And, but then, you know, you get the question of, like, the other day, Someone in my dad's family was like, you know, your comedy, you never talk about being Jewish. You know, you always talk about <laughs> the Latin stuff. I get it. It's great. It's beautiful. 
beautiful, but you got a lot of Jewish stuff that's funny too. And I was like, why don't you do a podcast called Jews Out Loud? <laughs> and then you just told him like, okay, so I'll just do my impression of you then. And you're cool with that? Exactly. But that is the point. But it did make me think, I was like, yo, son, am I not representing for like the Russian people, my descent? Like I'm a descendant of, of like the czars and shit, you know? So like, should I be out there talking? Talking about it more should I am I not doing a job as I don't think there is a should though like I think it's whatever feels right to you you know and and uh I mean I I, I think you're Latina I don't question that at all Thank and you. I think if you want to talk about uh-huh. also yes like and you by the way you don't even need that validation from me but if you want to talk more about being Jewish and Russian, I think that's fascinating. And I'd love to hear more of a point of view of somebody who's Latina and Russian and Jewish. We don't have that enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's also a case of like, we don't have a lot of, there's not a lot of variety in the storytelling for, you know, the Latino community in general. I think it's like, you get like a lot, a Latin centric sitcom and, right. and it's like, this is, if this fails, it's going to affect Every other Latino sitcom is like there's so much pressure right. added to so this and and yet there's so many different stories and different types of stories you can tell within the Latino spectrum. And these you know what I mean? Mixed you, I mean, you, stories, you know, these mixed stories, these, mixed stories. these biracial I mean, stories are yeah. so inspiring and beautiful. Yeah. I don't know what your parents' story is, but from the like little tease that you gave us, it sounds pretty <laughs> amazing and loving. I just <laughs> it is. They're they're pretty they're pretty amazing. They uh they're about to celebrate fifty years of marriage. Wow. They are Oh holy yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're adorable. My dad still has a very thick accent and my mom has a southern accent wow. and they talk to each other in English wow. and Spanish. And they live right now I grew up in Chicago, but they retired where my grandma uh, lived into her house, which is in North Georgia, in the middle of Trump country. Wow! And, um, Holy smokes! <laughs> so just, it's wild. <laughs> so I'm guessing you mine them for material, right? I mean, they did. Oh yeah. Seem, they, <laughs> Absolutely. It, it seems yeah. There's like a lot of stuff there to, to unpack comedically. Absolutely. I, well, they're also listening. I'm doing a lot of like interviews and podcasts for my show and stuff, and they've been listening and they've been giving me notes and stuff and. My dad will say, well, sweetie, you're saying, um, too much. Um, <laughs> and then I'll start answering and I'll say, um, and I'm like, um, <laughs> and it's just like driving me crazy. Uh, but yeah, no, they're, they're, uh, they're fantastic. And yeah, I think that there's so many Latinos with mixed parent with uh, one Latino parent. And we don't really see that reflected a lot right. in TV. I mean, granted, look, we just need more Latin content no matter what. So, you know, I just think it would be great if it's all represented. And for me personally, I just want to focus on like telling more like what my story is. And uh, I think the more specific we all get with our storytelling, the more universal it is. And so now when I'm trying to write pilots or I think I might try to write a play, uh, like a, a family drama next or comedy uh but i really <laughs> wanted to be like i really want to get danny trejo for the mom and laurie metcalf or sorry danny trejo for the dad and laurie metcalf <laughs> for the mom that actually might be a happy accident I danny think trejo so. plays every family member in this family it's just, <laughs> it's, it's Los all Club. him 
that's awesome. Yeah. That, so what else? Is there anything else you could tease us and tell us that you're working on so we could follow you and, you know, just keep up to date? Yeah. So I um, I am waiting to hear about a pilot if it goes to series or not. It's called Ghost. It's going to be on CBS, Ooh, hopefully in the fall. So nice. literally we're going to find out this week. It's been three months since we shot the pilot. So fingers crossed. We're lighting yeah. those velas. Wow. We're lighting those mas mejor velas tonight, people. Yes. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And uh, yeah, after this, I, I'm just going to keep writing. I, I have some TV stuff that I've, that I've written that I really want to pitch. And I just want to get out there and, and do more live stuff. Nice. Mm -hmm. And outdoor barbecues. You'll see me at a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been yeah. talking about this lit summer that is to be. We are so excited. I've already started like bathing suit shopping. I don't know if you guys have, but I'm into uh, that. I'm into man. that right now. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like that too, but I'm worried that I'm all talk right now because I've gotten so used to the pandemic lifestyle. Like I'm saying, oh my God, I'm going to do so many things this summer. We're going to go to all these places on our list and whatever cut to me, like on my couch in sweatpants, like <laughs> just too used to the good life. Just in a simple. virtual barbecue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was there, but I'm eating a hot dog on my end. <laughs> In spirit, oh. I'm, 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 I'm good. <laughs> well, Sheila, we have, uh, you know, our listeners often tell us that they change their career paths because of inspiration from a guest where they heard, yeah, like this, this empowerment that, you know, the, the sprinkling of empowerment that we do on this show, like, yes, it's comedy, but every guest that we've had on here, like legit moves our people forward. So I would love it if you could share some advice to those aspiring female or male actors, writers, um, you know, people who are looking to to align themselves with a similar trajectory as yours. What What's some advice that you could give them? Um, I would say keep trying things until you find the thing that really makes you happy above all else. And it might take a while. For me, it took like 10 years just to find that doing character work and writing from that point of view was my thing. Um, and you just never know where you're going to find it. So if something interests you, don't be scared. Just jump in and, and try it. And then mm. I would say from this experience of doing this solo show, what I've learned the most is that there really is value in just writing from your gut and from your heart without any judgments and just making it and putting it out there. Um, this was the first mm. time I really did that because, I mean, it's one thing that the pandemic gave me, which was nothing but time to just write and not have an audience. So in some ways, I'm trying to learn from not having an audience and going, you know, I'm not writing for anyone else but me. Yes. Mm. And wow. that's enough. And, mm. and, and there's value in that. Amen, amen. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> People, one time, put your the hands pearls. together for Sheila Carrasco, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Sheila, tell everybody and please drop your social handles so our listeners could follow your greatness. Oh, yes. I'm on Instagram as Sheila Tabasco. So it's S-H-E-I-L-A Tabasco. And I recently got off Twitter because it was really upsetting me. Congrats, oh, <laughs> so, oh, congrats to you. Good for you. Thank That's you. a big move, girl. Good congrats. Well, 
And to be honest, I wasn't very good at it. Like, I just forgot I had an account. (laughs) 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 Well, thank you so much. Go ahead. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been awesome. And also, I just want to shout out Anna Lamadrid and her show also. Like, it's so great. And I'm so happy that we're running both of our shows in rep. So great. So Yeah, you guys doing some good, great great things out there in the, in the, on the West Coast. So Yeah, for real. Yeah. Keep it, Thank you, Keep guys. it up. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on our little show. 